You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also, for the podcast, a new sponsor this year that's just come on board and super excited to announce RCB Bank. Since 1936, RCB Bank has offered progressive products and a friendly service. Come in today to find out more about their loan promotion on new used refinance cars, boats, campers, and ATVs. Visit RCB Bank to learn more. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, restrictions apply. Now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Bedford studio today with my guest, John James, to talk about his store uh, called Native Summit, which, you know, Native Summit, people listening probably thinking, what, well, outdoor stuff, and you'll be right. Uh, John, thanks for coming down to the studio. Excited to dive into your story uh, and talk about, you know, being outdoors and, and, and the beauty of travel and, and adventure. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Uh, so... I guess when people say to you, what do you do? What do you tell them? Um, <laughs> that, <clears throat> I guess, simply, they may ask what, what the store is, and yeah. I would tell them it's a, a cooler, uh, more invitive REI. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people know what REI is, so it's like it's a similar thing, mm-hmm. um, except we've got... Um, we, the people working there, I would say we have passion and real world experience and, and we really hang our hat on that educational aspect of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of being all inclusive, come in, whatever your range or experience is, a lot or none, Yeah, we can do this. Let's, let's go. Yeah. So, so growing up, do you always have, kind of have the passion of being outdoors? Yeah, I mean, if I think back through growing up, I think about um, two things come to mind to me, and that's being outside Mm -hmm. and either hunting or fishing and camping and those things, which we did um, a a lot of that, and then sports. Those are the two things I think about, and I don't Mm -hmm. remember anything about being inside. Um, It's all those things. So, um, and so growing up, we didn't do a lot of hiking or backpacking or any of that stuff. It was it was hunting and fishing mainly. But as I got older into high school and, and certainly into college, it was I still loved doing those things, but I was trying to find other excuses mm-hmm. for being outside. So then yeah. that morphed into the hiking, the backpacking, the camping, climbing, all those things. Yeah, um, got added to the mix. Yeah. yeah. So uh, brothers and sisters growing up? Yeah, two older sisters. Mm-hmm. So yep. you were the baby? Yeah. And you was, got taken care of? got to tell me what to do, yes. <laughs> I'm an old, uh, normally, I have a younger brother and he gets taken care of. Normally it was them trying to, get, trying to get me to be on their side. Yeah, of they course. They fought, and so I yeah. was the third kind of tiebreaker. Brilliant. Uh, so <laughs> Sorry, you're going to say you had? I'm an older brother, so okay. I have a younger brother, and he kind of did anything he wanted. Gotcha. Which, yeah, not bitter about it at all. He still does anything he wants. He still lives at home and lives on mom and dad. Uh, Lewis, if you're listening, yeah, you know exactly what you, exactly what you do. Um, 
So, so growing up then, always kind of being outside, and and I bet I mean, there's some some kids now or some parents now. You think, you know, or just growing up in general, it's totally different now, isn't it, compared uh, to how you know grew up, yeah. and even how I grew up, right. right? Like, you know, I grew up kind of. I remember the sound of the internet, which mm-hmm. people might listening might not even remember that people do, uh, you know. But even before that, like running outside, just come home when it's dark, yeah. like right. you know. No, it was easier, right? Then I think. Um, there was nothing they had to they they were trying to get us back inside yeah not get us outside i mean there was no we didn't have internet at that point um you know we had um maybe five or six channels on a tv and there was no remote right so my dad would holler from the other room hey come in here he'd come in there and he'd want you to change the channel right turn them (laughs) off um but it was all outside i didn't want to be inside my mom would put me to work yeah and so um yeah, there was nothing to look at. I yeah, think we yeah. got, when I was younger, it was maybe an hour of TV a week. Mm-hmm. It was the allotted amount. And so, so I yeah. burned it on Friday nights on the Dukes of Hazard and chips. Yeah. Um, and that was it. That's what I was allotted. It's, it's amazing if you you know, you know tell your kids now or parents try and tell their kids, hey, you get an hour of TV a week or an hour of social media a week. I mean. Our screen they, period. The screen period. Yeah. You, you know, you might like. They might think that you're oh. horrendous parents and right. you should be put in jail. <laughs> what is wrong with the internet? I can't. My video won't play. It's not working. Oh, yeah. Oh, things not downloading fast enough. Right. It's first world problems, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but for us, it was yeah. We'd get in trouble for not being inside. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to take piano lessons, and I hated it because it brought me inside. Yeah. You have to come practice. So you can you still oh, play? Yeah. No. 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 That was kind of, hey, you need to do this. As soon and- as I was allowed to quit, I was out, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other kind of interest in mu- music, or was that it? I mean, I like it. Yeah. I, I wish that I would maybe at the time, at that point, parlayed it into guitar or right. something I was more interested in. Uh, but Something that might be cooler. Piano, seen, seen I didn't cooler. like because I was forced to do it. Got you. That um, makes sense. And that probably speaks to my... Yeah. Um, Hard-headedness, or, yeah, yeah, or, or something. Uh, but so growing up, out, growing up, being outside, and, and remembering that growing up, so did you grow up in the country or in a neighborhood? It was on the edge of town. I mean, but the town's ten thousand people, so mm-hmm. a small town, and a mile away was country. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then twenty-five miles away was my grandparents had um, were cattle ranchers and had a four thousand acre ranch. Yeah, twenty-five miles away. Oh. So for me. Weekends and and even weeknights in the summer, we would go up there and fish or hunt or help, yeah. um, help on the ranch. But you know, you could get out in the middle of that thing and feel like, and you were completely alone oh, yeah. and not a sound of human sound or or anything. Um, and I think I was spoiled in that regard, just because most people don't have that. Oh, it's totally peaceful, and isn't it? It was fantastic. Yeah, um, you could go do what you wanted and and and. We came up with all sorts of well, things When you're to a do. kid, too, that's so much land yeah. when you're a kid, isn't right. it? I mean, it's a lot of land now when you're an adult, but when you're right. a kid, like, the world is so much bigger yeah. than you think, isn't it? And you'd walk out from the from the ranch house and, and with the fishing pole over your shoulder, and it was very much like, I don't know if you remember um, the Andy Griffith show, if you ever saw that, mm-hmm. but um, but it was, it was a black and white show, and, and with... Um, um, oh, what's the director's name? Ron Howard. Oh, the I know little Ron boy. Howard. Yeah, yeah, he's he was Ron the boy Ron in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and part of that is him walking to this pond, you know, with the fishing. And that's that's, that's what, what it was like. like out there. I mean, it was just wide yeah. open. Um, but that's where a lot of the 
how we or how I got so much into the, the outdoors and hunting and fishing mm-hmm. was we had it there. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have to fight for a place to go, which I yeah. think for a lot of people now, that that's a challenge is where can I go do these yeah, things? Yeah, where can I do it safely or where can I do it like without any permits or whatever right. it is, right? And, and yeah. yeah, it's, well, and also I think now people, there's so much other stuff that they can do, right? Not sure. like back in the day it's like oh can we just we'll just go and fish or we'll go hunt like there's right. very little we'll go play sports like those right. are the few things you can count on one hand what you can do right whereas now it's like oh i can go play video yeah. games i can go Hold here on. i can go do this yeah. you know whatever it is but so so growing up outside had a great time learned a lot probably had a lot of kind of parental experience and just you know hanging out with family and going hunting and fishing and all like just special moments, right? That you probably didn't even realize at the time. You think, oh, I'm just going hunting with dad, but it just seemed normal. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and and you know, they as a kid, my dad worked really hard, um, and I remember that the work ethic him not sitting around. Mm-hmm. So it would be like work, and then you know, finish. Yeah, grab the fishing poles, jump in the truck, and let's go. Yeah, and so that was his way to unwind, and it wasn't sitting on the couch and watching tv it mm-hmm. was it was um but it was a different time then and i think yeah. um um but there's a lot i appreciate about that too so. yeah definitely uh and i'm sure like you know being a dad now right and like having that experiences and you just yeah. like you know going back to i mean all the kids were you know oh dad's hopping on about back in my day right yeah, but like right. <laughs> they will appreciate it in the future right uh so what was kind of high school like and then after high school like wh- what are you going into like what are your interests and then kind of into the, the the professional world i guess yeah i mean i i think it was still those things in high school i mean i, I it was you know sports and and all the outdoor stuff mm-hmm. i mean and schoolwork was whatever and and um and I did okay. I was I I was um, I think blessed to be smart enough to get through high school without putting yeah. any effort in, um, which reared its head in college at some point, right? Because I didn't know how right. to prepare or study because I yeah. never had to. Yeah, um, high school was too easy. Um, but yeah, and then you know I went I went to college um, with the idea of like you know having to. Being a doctor sounded good, right? Uh-huh. So that's what I said the whole time. And, yeah, and yeah. I went to I went through college with um, majoring in biology and physics, all trying to get into to med school, and uh-huh. didn't realize until my senior year, talking to um, you know some some doctors at the time, and and they just they seemed miserable. Yeah, like, they weren't happy. They it's were a working, lot of pressure. working so much. Yeah, and I'm like, what's the point if you're not enjoying your life? And yeah. Um, so transitioned from that into only slightly different into ecology, uh-huh. and so went on um, as uh, got a master's in ecology and did four years of a PhD in ecology. Yeah, um, and that kept me outside, right? Um, at least in theory, if um, at least half outside and half yeah, in the lab. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I enjoyed the science. I enjoyed the detail. The the um, the the conducting science aspect mm-hmm. of that um, yeah. on things you were passionate about already. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, and there's so much to go into with that, isn't it? Like the, with the research side of things and, I mean, just figuring out how things work, why they work, how things are the way they are. Like that's, right. you know, what better to be in that passion when you already love being outside, Right. you know? Yeah. Where'd you go to school? The, the, only, the only downside was I figured out towards the end of, of the PhD work that I was, 
over-educating myself from being outside. Yeah. Right? I was going to be, like, my options were be were to be behind a desk writing grants. I'm like, oh, that's the yeah, I don't want to do oh, this. I want to be doing I enjoy the yeah. process of doing the science. But most of these guys with, you know, once they're finished, aren't necessarily doing the science anymore. Gotcha. It's, it's the they're grad students that are doing the science yeah. in, in a lot of cases. So, um, anyway, that was... Um, I forgot what you asked. Uh, school. Do you go to school in Oklahoma? Yeah. So those those the graduate work was at Oklahoma State. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good time up there too. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. mean, as a grad student, I mean, you were you working sort of at the time, time as well then as a grad no, student? No, this was full time. Okay. Like it's, yeah. It's in that world. It's it's full time work. So I was yeah. putting in fifty, sixty hours a week. Um, you get a stipend of uh, I forget for masters it was like eight hundred and eighty bucks a month yeah. but you didn't have time for a job right yeah um, and so you're scraping just to pay rent and buy a few groceries yeah. um, and then the PhD side of things I want to say was right at a thousand a month yeah which wasn't any easier really um, and uh, so yeah it was tough and um, you, you just kind of figure it out yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well and I guess at that point like you just that's what you want to do you know you're not you don't that's the only thing you're worrying about right you're not worrying about too many other things it's just that Uh, that's your life this is yeah you're right this is my life I'm gonna get this PhD I'm gonna graduate and and go on to you know bigger better things the cool thing about I guess the the research aspect was for the the PhD work was um, over in the the Washington National Forest of Mm -hmm. Arkansas Um, we were able to use a, a cabin that was owned by the Arkansas Fish and Game. Yeah. Um, and so we would be there. I had a couple of folks that worked in the field for the project. Yeah. Um, but I would spend three or four months at a time over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that got you kind of out of that, oh, um, lab stuff, right. which was yeah. always appreciated. But the master stuff was all Oklahoma-based, and I had – 64 research, something like that. It's 60-some research sites in Oklahoma. Yeah. And I would have to travel between them and would average during the fieldwork season 25 or so, 100 miles a week. Wow. Yeah. So you got to see the whole state oh, you in, see everything. In, in, you know, in just loops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I wasn't that exposed to all the different areas of Oklahoma at that point, but mm. I quickly became. And yeah. there's some cool corners of this. Well, and that's one thing that, that, I mean, you go to the Travel OK website or you go to some, you know, somewhere about traveling to Oklahoma and it talks about the, how many ecosystems Oklahoma right. has, right? No one sure. really knows that. And then you're like, yeah, we have like mountains and we mm-hmm. have like hills in Tulsa and up that mm-hmm. way. And there's sand here as well. And then you get down to Broken Bow and that area is great fishing. And like it's... Yeah. People like we just don't know, right? And yeah. I think COVID has probably helped people. They right. like, they're not jumping on a plane to go on vacation anymore, but they're sure. like, hey, where can we drive to now? Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you try and find a cabin in Broken Bow at the moment, you're probably like, booking into next year, aren't right. you? If that, yeah. And if people haven't gone to southeastern Oklahoma, far southeast, yeah. and seen the the pine, you know, forest and the mountains and those things, I mean, yeah. it's hard to believe. I think for most folks when they go down the first time that this is We're part of the, the state. state. Yeah. Because um, it's it's unique and yeah. really a cool spot um, that is part of our state. Yeah. Before we were recording, you mentioned you played competitive tennis in college. Was that for OSU? No, that was uh, in Weatherford. So oh, you played for Southwestern. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you went Southwestern and played. That's. I mean, I, I being a college athlete myself, like it's 
it's just a lot of fun, isn't it? You get to hang out, you get to play sport and, and travel a little bit. And it, it was fun to the point it became like a job. Like <laughs> yeah. you 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 felt like you had to practice every day, yeah, right? Yeah, every day. And at some point um, in that process, if I didn't, then I felt like I was losing ground. Yeah. Um, and I just, by the time I was a senior, I was so burnt Kinda out. Kind of done with sport. it. Yeah. I didn't play for seven years after I graduated. Yeah. Um, and it was on a on a trip somewhere that uh, uh, I want to can't even remember now what, but everybody had gone to go do some some touristy shopping in mm-hmm. a town, you know. And we were staying at this resort, and I was walking around just killing time. And there was a a, a, a pro out at the courts just sitting there, and he's yeah, like, "Hey, yeah. you want to hit?" I'm like, uh, "Sure." seven years i was thinking to myself but started playing again it's like hey this is fun yeah when you're not driven by this you know right results and i've got to do this yeah. i've got to make my right. team and and yeah right. it's and the scholarships involved and all that stuff like it's did you find it when you when you get back into it right because i'm kind of going through this now like i've always played golf but i've never really played like after college i've competed a little bit but obviously not as much as we did in college and I, I struggle with it because I'm like, it's come across my mind a couple of times when I'm like, just pack it in and not worry about it and never have to worry about it ever again. Or like, do I or do I get practicing again and get back to, try and get back to that level? And, and in golf is obviously a little different because tennis, you know, you, you, you grow older, right? And your body can't do what sure. you did in college. In golf, you can still kind of get away with it. Do you struggle with that? Getting oh. back into competitive tennis oh, at all? Yeah. I, I think it's the perfectionist nature, but... Oh, yeah. I can't play leisurely. Mm-hmm. It's all or nothing. Yeah. So when I got back into it, um, whenever that was, seven years after I'd graduated, um, I thought, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll find a place that's got some people and, and start playing a little bit again just for another alternative form of a workout. Yeah. Um, and fast forward a year, and I'm playing on a USTA team, and it's super competitive, and we're yeah. you know, going to regionals and different things. And, and I did that for five or six years, and it got back. It got to be the same thing. You're mm-hmm. climbing up the ladder there, and and then we started having kids, and it's like I can't. Yeah. I can't turn it off. Something it's has to off, give. It's either off or on. It can't be. I can't have it in the middle. Yeah. And um, it would be nice. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I struggle with that all the that's time. That's a sport like, where it's it's. Um, I can go out and shoot baskets. Yeah. Um, or those sorts of things. Uh, but man, that's one sport. I, maybe it's just the one-on-one thing mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, because it's only you, isn't it? Like yeah. you playing football, or basketball. You're like, oh, I got a team. I can kind mm-hmm. of have fun and not really worry about it. But when it's an individual sport, and I, I have the same. Like when I go to a golf tournament, even if it's just a scramble, like a charity scramble. I mean, if I don't like. I get irritated when I don't play like mm-hmm. to the level that I know I can. Right. right? And or even though did. I, oh, I did, right? right. Or, you know, never, yeah, I haven't practiced. I haven't prepared. And, you know, we're like, oh, don't have to worry about that. We can still do what we used to be able to do. And then we just can't. And it's, yeah. it can be really frustrating. Yeah, that, so the I, mindset, it's amazing how quickly it goes back to that point. Oh, like, straight away. Driven. And yeah. I'm, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I can do this. And, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, I haven't done that in 10 years. Years and years of seeing shots <laughs> and being able to do this. And like I said, you, 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 know, you still see the shot but trying to replicate it. And, and the, the funny deal to me is that was never my favorite sport. Okay. I was just happened to be better at that one. But yeah. I loved the team sports, football, basketball. Um, and I kind of, as a kid, lived and breathed for football. Uh-huh. Um, but 
I could always the one thing I could always appreciate about tennis is this one-on-one thing. It yeah. was so much more mental than the other ones. Yeah. You could go out in a in a football or basketball or soccer and do your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got help and yeah. and you're helping people and they're helping you, but out there yeah, you got no help. There's I mean, no it's, help. It's one on one. Yeah, and it's and that's I, amazing. I like that. Is the mental resolve of, of of a bad shot or a string of bad mm-hmm. plays, and somehow trying to yeah. overcome that and push forward. And that's always an impressive thing to me. Even now, watching these guys, or even whether it's boxing, mm-hmm. even it's same. I mean, that one on one challenges. Yeah, the conversations you have with yourself, isn't it? Right. Like no one, I mean, if anybody right. would ha- hear those conversations, <laughs> you're like they'd probably think the world right. crazy, right? Yeah. Anyone who plays a one-on-one sport, but it's, it's such a, you know, like I said, such a mental thing. It, you know, you grow from it, from being competitive, from going through those, you know, those nervous situations, right? Like you for tennis, you know, you've got one and two points left, and you're like, I got to close this out, and right. you hit the net first serve, and you're like, oh, I got, you know, right. hand gets a the little shaky. The only thing really that comes close is like. You know, two free shots at the end of a ba- of a basketball game, yeah. or a field goal with two seconds left. Yeah. But but everything else is is team. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do my job and hope everybody does, yeah, does yeah, too. Yeah. So um, so that competitiveness in you, then loving sports and and playing at a college level, taking that into your kind of business and and and, and PhD side, it, it's really hard to switch co- competition off. Right, like sure. the people who are just naturally competitive. Right. When you got your PhD and you think I'm going to get a job, where where does that take you then? And and you know, like how do you go from from studying to hang on, I have this piece of paper now that I can apply for jobs. Where do you go from there? Yeah, I think well, for one, uh, the the I was four years into a four and a half year PhD okay. project, so. Um, the last six months kind of got taken away. Um, that's a whole different story for a different time. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's still some bitterness there, but, yeah. um, so, um, yeah, it, I was basically starting over at that point. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's. And how do you do that at right. that point? I, I mean, I was, I was basically 30 years old. And it was finished with school. Yeah. Thirty. Yeah. And I had nothing. I mean, <laughs> right. like eight years no of school, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, um, so it was uh, interesting, I mm-hmm. guess. And and you know, I would say that that next seven years of life was was you know not the best. Soul searching. I did get married in that seven years of time, so there's yeah. that. But it was. It was, you know, there's got to be something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd say probably five years into that seven, it was it was really trying to figure out. Um, and it started as figuring out for a, a buddy of mine, you know, like, hey, you need to open a, an outdoor store mm-hmm. somewhere around here. And I think I think Edmund would be the spot. Yeah. And he had no interest. And I did some you know, market research for him or whatever you're going to call what yeah. that was. Um, and so I just continued at some point. I, okay. was, I just want to see if it's viable and took it far enough down the road. It's like, well, now the only really thing left to do to complete this project is yeah. to find actual space. Find space. Yeah. And so I found space and, and, um, and I still wasn't convinced that I was going to do it. Um, yeah. but 
it, it was mainly, um, if I remember right, my wife was like, let's just do it. Yeah. Like, why not? Like, it can work. And, right. And, You've done all um, the data. It should work on paper. Right. Yeah. So, and so there you go. It wasn't like, it's not like I set out to this is what we're going to do. Right. I was entertaining an idea from a friend. <laughs> Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'll right. do some research for you. Um, and and so that's kind of what happened. And um, and it was it was refreshing to be back into something that I could pour mm-hmm. passion into, right? And love of something into. Um, now it's been what almost 13 years, yeah. and it seems like it's gone by in a snap. And I still enjoy, and that's really, I think, all I've ever wanted to have is to have. To wake up in the morning and, and kind of look forward to getting into mm-hmm. work. Yeah. And being outside is not a job then, right? It's right. gone like from, from all those years in, 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 college, right. in college and, and studying and then being outside and, and driving around the state, you know, for not much allowance, right? Not much money. And right. then now you're like, oh, I can, I might, I'm in the business to be outside now. It's not. Yeah. And I know. can, and I, I still feel like I'm, that science is in me. Of course. Yeah. The, yeah. the but research it helps you we, so much now. We feel like that we, you know, really work hard at researching the products that mm-hmm. we have. We don't have to have what we have in the, yeah, in the store. Yeah. Um, we have it there because we like it and we mm-hmm. believe in it and we want to use it and all those things. And I, I approach each one of those kind of categories as a as a research yeah, project, yeah. and that's in. I get enjoyment out of that. Yeah. Um, and not everybody would. I get it, but I like having something to research. Yeah, no doubt. So, so the store then. So the store comes around with that idea that you know you've done the research, and, and someone comes to you and says, "Hey, I think I think this would work." So you do all this research. And then your wife says, hang on, I mean, let's do it. Why not? What is your wife doing at that point? Because, I mean, that takes a for, – for, sure. to, to open a business, right, you need that support, especially when you're in a relationship and, and you've got a bills to pay mm-hmm. and, and need a job. It's quite a risk to say, hey, I'm going to start this new business. Right. Yeah. Um, she's um, an optometrist. Mm-hmm. She, um, and and I think it was it – was, um, I mean, so that made it easier, obviously. Sure, yeah. Um, but still a huge risk. And we, at the time, we had just had a had a child. So mm-hmm. we had a, when the store opened, um, gosh, he was maybe 14 months old. So this was going on about the oh, birth yeah. time, right? And, yeah, yeah. And if I remember right, you know, just after he was born in June and about that fall, so he was a few months old, it, yeah. we kind of made the decision at that point. And so, yeah, it was... It wasn't the easiest thing to make. Um, and But that's – her mentality is just, you know, let's go for it. Yeah. And my mentality is, hang on, let's let's look at this for a second. I mean, this may not be a good idea. And fast forward now, and we still do the same thing. Right. She's, you know, yeah. seated Me and seat in pants, and I'm, I'm like, hang on, I, yeah. I need to dig in a little more before yeah. um, we make a, a bad decision. And, and I think we both have histories of – you know, sometimes I was right by slowing down and sometimes yeah. she was right by, I, Hey, this is, yeah. we should do this. Let's um, go into it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was tough. And I feel like that, that still drives me though today is, is going through that whole process and, and, you know, opening the door on the first day, the, the main door, like click, you know, at yeah. the time at 10 o'clock on day one. Okay. I hope somebody comes in at some point. 
And I feel like that still drives me today is that feeling mm-hmm. of there's no guarantee that people are going to walk in the yeah. door. And so we have to prove it, I feel right. like, every day and every week and that um, it's people are busy. They've yeah. got lots of things pulling at them. They don't have to come over here and walk in the door. Right, yeah. That's still a scary thought is what if they people just stop coming? Yeah. Is that – so is the store today in the same spot? Same location? Yeah, same location. Yeah, that's really cool. In Edmond? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that first day then, you still, obviously you built up, you stocked the store, you know, you found it, you, you stock everything with, that you need and everything that you trust and get all everything, that in. Everything? I mean, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, enough, I guess, <laughs> right, to, to take some, some pictures and show people that we yeah. have things. Uh, like, what is that kind of, like, first day like? And what's that? Because I think people listening is a great lesson that's going to come from this is people listening think, oh, we can start a business and we're going to make $10,000 the first day, right? Like, or the oh, first no. week. You know, there's so many. You've been in business for, for like I said, 13 years yeah. now, right? Like, it doesn't happen overnight. No. Um, for very few, it happens overnight, and then it probably cools off. So what was that like that first day and then, I guess, that first kind of year as well? All I remember about the first day, I think a few folks came in. Um, I'm sure we did uh, $100 or $200 of, of you know, yeah. that didn't make a dent in what we'd spent in the previous sympathy, six months. Sympathy right? buying, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I just remember being ex- totally exhausted. I don't remember mm-hmm. really, I was in a phase. Because um, yeah. it had been, because I did the build out of, of the space and and built the rack. I mean, we did everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all the racks and and. You know, half of them, you know, we stopped using in the first, you know, three months. I'm like, oh, man. Like, because we didn't have experience. We didn't know really what we would need and yeah. just tried. But um, but it was. It was seven days a week, you know, late nights, uh-huh. just getting ready for, we got to get this open. We got to, I mean, yeah. we're just bleeding money until it's open. Um, and, um, yeah, it... it it's hard to even remember and and break out you know years at this point and what things were and um you know we were fortunate at least in this area you know during the time we opened um the the north face was a was a a hot item Uh um a hot brand and so we were able to capitalize a little bit on that so that helped yeah um but uh you know i think i think the big thing to me is um we opened on a shoestring budget. Like we did, I did all the, uh-huh. the labor, all the work in, inside the, the space. And um, it could have easily gone and, you know, done a half a million dollar build out and had yeah. custom fixtures made and all these things. And, and I might still be paying that stuff off. Um, yeah. And so I think the big thing for me, and I figured out early is cash is king. I mean, business can't operate without cash on hand. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's, we gotta have cash, um, and can't do anything without it. We gotta buy inventory. We buy inventory nine months in advance, right? So, all of my orders for fall twenty one were placed yeah. in, in December and January. Wow. How do you how do you do that? Yeah, how do you uh, plan for that stuff? Right. And so you're trying to foretell the future for one. Mm-hmm. That's hard enough. Um, but if you don't have the cash to pay for it, yeah, yeah. and it's it's rugged. Yeah. Um, so I. I I see folks opening up on you know these big grand scales, and if they got the backing for that, then okay, I, I don't know what their scenarios are, but yeah. for us, it was the cash is. I mean, you can only right. You can only 
pull out so much cash from different places mm-hmm. and at some point it's going to catch up with you yeah yeah so so that going through that time then you know like building out the store and doing it all on your own and kind of you know not spending as much as you could easily have spent on building that out and taking the time to do it when you get the store open and i guess you start establishing the brand and the name and people start to recognize it uh i guess how do you go about marketing the store then to people and and brands and and i guess that adventure outdoor lifestyle that that people need to buy the products from you to go do this sure well i think it it um well it's certainly changed Mm -hmm. you know it's like in those days uh you did some print ads Mm -hmm. who does print ads now i mean um do you see any print ads at this point um and then it was, you know, maybe then, I don't remember, but soon after it was, you know, social media. You could you could put a post on Facebook and everybody that followed you saw the post yeah. as a business. Well, that doesn't happen anymore, anymore. right? Yeah. Um, so it's certainly changed. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think from an in-store perspective, we've always been like, it, we've just got to assume that word of mouth is something. Right. That we've got to take care of people well enough that um, they're going to tell people about us. Um, that doesn't mean we don't try other things, yeah, yeah. but what's totally proven at this point? I mean, it's like, yeah, um, try a little bit here and there, but really um, being true to, to what we are and doing that really well uh-huh. and not getting involved in all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone comes into the store then and, you know, because of the pandemic, I'm sure we can talk about that in a little bit of just dealing with that as a business owner. But when someone comes into the store and now because of the pandemic, they're, they're not flying well, they might not have been flying last year. They want to travel by car and just road trip in Oklahoma for the weekend. What are your like top places that you tell them to go to then? Well, I mean, we talked about southeastern Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Um, you know, if camping's on the list at all, and I, I encourage people to to try it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to die. Yeah. Um, I mean, just get out of the lightning, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, stay alive Don't between eight. Yeah. Um, but you know it. It's surprisingly easy to have a good time camping. You don't need, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a trailer full of stuff. Um, so I think that the state park systems are are good. I mean, there's some that are better than others, mm-hmm. of course, that certainly everybody has different opinions on different ones. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you can totally make a weekend out of South. I mean, you can take a longer than a weekend in Southeast yeah. Oklahoma. Um, certainly you can make a weekend out of the Wichita Mountains. Um you know, there's closer ones like Roman Nose. If you haven't been up there, mm-hmm. that's a cool spot. Um, so, you know, and and tie multiple together or, or however you want to do it. Set up a base camp and, mm-hmm. and, and explore that way. You know, we get a lot of people that will drive by these places, and that's okay, to um, to get up into the southern Rockies. And, and certainly yeah. you can get up into southern Colorado or northern New Mexico in eight hours. Yeah. Um, you know, so on a Thursday afternoon, you can be up there somewhere and spend mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, and drive home the second yeah, half yeah. of Sunday. Um, so there's a lot of that that happens. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's still spots here. Northwest Arkansas is really cool as well. Yeah, for both hiking and biking and fishing, and mm-hmm. um, so there's there's cool spots, and it's it's uh, it maybe you could argue they're few and far between, mm-hmm. but but there are some. 
Yeah. Be- so because of you having this store then, have you, has it kind of forced you to get out more and go travel and go see places? And like we spoke earlier before recording about, you know, taking product with you to go shoot sure. and take photos of it. And like, you know, I assume that that would have been the greatest excuse ever to go somewhere, right? Yeah. I, it's just an excuse. Yeah. To get out. Like, yeah. hey, I want to go cross this place off the list. Right. Let, me, let me take some so, stuff with me. So, you know, I'd always, I'd, I'd kind of tried to dabble or try to really get into what I would call legit mountaineering or mm-hmm. alpine climbing before the store, but it was, it was like climbing up rock faces and like legit, yeah, like, like hard hat stuff, like yeah. proper stuff, not, and, not just kind of and crampons know. and ice axes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't really get into it until after the shop opened. So yeah. the one thing I've really been able to, to get into is alpine climbing. Um, and that's some pretty hairy stuff. And so, yeah, you know, I think, and I don't know what it is. I mean, for me, you know, I went from hiking to backpacking, and backpacking was so cool because you had everything you needed on your back, and mm. you were self-sufficient, and you got to somewhere and be like, I'm going to camp here, yeah. and I've got it all here. And um, and and then you start doing that for extended days, and, and you keep seeing what's over the next ridge and what's yeah. over uh, that sense of exploration mm-hmm. that I think so many people have. What's yeah. over there and what's over there? And, and for me doing that, you know, um, in the mountains, I, I got to want to see what's up there. Like, what's that ridgeline yeah. like? What's that above tree line look like, I wonder? And so yeah. the backpacking trips turned into picking spots and trails that were above tree line. And that was like this whole new world for me, kind of like scuba diving, let's say, right? Yeah. You can go under and it's like entering this new dimension. You can't, you know, you can't stay there very long because right. you can't survive. Um, there's nothing up there enough for you to survive, but you can visit for a while, yeah. and it's pretty fascinating. And you're probably the only one there. And the views and the, you know, and, and the, the ruggedness and, and all these things. And so that always drew me to where I wanted to be up mm-hmm. above treeline and, and see what that was like. So the natural next thing for me was to was the, to do the alpine, alpine climbing stuff. side of things. And so, um, yeah, it, it was um, – I don't remember. Maybe 2010 started started taking trips to uh, the Canadian Rockies, mm-hmm. and that's where it really set in. Yeah, that's that's an amazing part of the world. Um, and yeah, and so I could justify it as yeah, product testing. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. It's <laughs> not a vacation. This is right. a business expense. Right. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, you ever see anything weird? Ever like see? Uh, I mean, if you're out there on your own, at least I mean just. I, I watched like I recently started watching The Meat Eater on Netflix. Mm. It's a fantastic series, and he's up in crazy <laughs> places, and like, and then you dive into YouTube and find crazy stuff, and you know, there's all these conspiracies or whatever, and Bigfoot and everything else. Um, but there's like a few accounts. Um, uh, what is it? And Cam Haynes obviously is like the big bow hunting guy, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think I was probably listening to a the meat eater episode on Joe Rogan's podcast with the guy. And he was talking about some other guy that like had some weird experiences being like, supposedly you're in alone in the middle of nowhere and you know, something happens or like, you know, it's not, not like he's seen a sighting or seen something, but like you're the only one out there for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, did anything happen like that? Anything just freak you out? Knock on not yet. No, um, that I can remember. I mean, certainly there's been, uh, 
you know, some bear encounters and, and things, nothing close enough to really, I mean, yeah. if I were to walk in somewhere up there and, and round a corner of a trail, a wooded trail and be face to face with the grizzly, that would be, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it'd not be good. like, yeah, it'd, yeah, it'd be instant. Um, but, um, one of the guys up there that I know, um, got treed by one. Yeah. He was a guide with two clients, got treed. Jeez. So they climbed this tree. Luckily, they had all the climbing gear, right? Yeah. And sat up there for like three hours until this. Until the same And it left. started climbing the tree, too. Yeah, that's. Um, and uh, anyway. That's a scary they made situation. It out and, and luckily, nothing like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you never know. I mean, it's some wild. Well, yeah. Parts, right? yeah, I mean, and and I started going down the conspiracy rabbit hole, right, of saying that like, um, you know, like all not Bigfoot, but all of the random things that we don't that the 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 the, the country and the government doesn't want to know mm-hmm. is they're all in the state parks, and you're just like, <laughs> what? And you know, you see these interviews of these guys talking, they're like, yeah, we had legit encounters of things, and like. Were you like, did you eat mushrooms? Even right, sniffing yeah. something? Like, what's going on here? Because they never look like normal human beings, right? right? They got, you know. I mean, that's where like the scientist part comes out. Yeah. Like, we pretty, I think we've done pretty well at cataloging right. the, the living species on the planet for the most part. Uh, I don't yeah. think a, it gets interesting a large, hairy, massive animal has yeah. escaped us at this point. But um, yeah. I guess there's always a chance. Uh, are there any, I guess, like, People like Cam Haynes, Bear Grylls, you know, all these kind of internet or TV stars that you really follow and like like follow their stuff. Like the Meat Eater show is really cool, but anything else like that stands out? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll watch like the, um, and I don't always get, get along with, uh, you know, the, the whole, you know, over, Drama, oh, of, of course, of yeah, the reality I, yeah. stuff. Right. It's, it's more the about informational stuff. Like that you what want to part know. of this is real and not right. real? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, all the people living far north in the extreme cold—that's yeah. fascinating because yeah. that is cold. Yeah, uh, I it's mean, below what? Below forty or below thirty 40 all the time? And all that for you know potentially months at a time. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. We couldn't could do a week here, could we? When it happened, um, I guess somebody may, have, you know, the other theory may be these—they're not really living there full yeah. time. I don't know. Yeah, but I'll still watch. That's them, fascinating stuff um, and see kind of what they're doing and how they're yeah, yeah. how they're getting by. Yeah, that's fascinating to me. That's um, yeah, it's not an easy situation. Nine months of winter is. Is is interesting. Not sure that I would yeah. want to take part. I don't want to experience in that. That level of I like the cold. Yeah, that's a different level of cold. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for a sustained period of nine months, right. that's not fun. Uh, so I mentioned COVID earlier, and last year, you know, not being able to open a store, but that wasn't fun. Right. How was that to pivot and go through that experience? I mean, what a crazy time, that's right? Nuts. Um, you know, because there's no playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's ever seen that before. And yeah. and I just felt like we were figuring out as we go yeah. um, and trying to do the right thing, which, and you don't even know what that is half yeah. the time. Um, you know, I knew that we wanted to keep people on staff, mm-hmm. um, whatever that meant. And, um, um, you know, and, t- and take a hit if we needed to, but we had to have the people. Yeah if we were to open again and otherwise what you yeah. know so we put a lot of effort in on um on the online side of things on e which 
wasn't really developed at that point, mm-hmm. which should have been, but it wasn't. Um, and so we put a and lot of effort yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. And and whatever, 12 months later, I mean, we're still adding yeah. stuff. I mean, it's, it's a long process. We well, now a lot people of are used to switch. Yeah, people are used to like shopping online now, right? right? Like this kind of year is, you know, okay, even if you do open up, it's still not great for places that have a retail spot because everyone's used to shopping on their phone now they're, right. they're used to it they're accustomed to right. it they you know if it don't doesn't work i'll send it back right which before that you're like oh do i have to send it back that's kind of an issue well now they don't even worry about it right so, yeah and i think i think for us that's that's still where we really try to hang our hat on the experience and the education and um and if you need help yeah that's why you come in you need out you want to go do a five-day backpacking trip. Yeah, yeah. What do I need? That's why we're here. Gotcha. Because how do you figure that out otherwise? Right. You find some guy, and yeah. you, you pick his list, and you don't know if he's ever done anything. Right. He buy a pack off the internet, and right. it's never. It's just That's trash. Fit, right? And, yeah. And um, so, so because of all those things— we hope that people continue mm-hmm. to come in yeah. and, and utilize that because it, that's really what it is. It's not— it's not that we're trying to sell somebody more. We want you to go out and have such a fantastic time and, mm-hmm. and have such great gear and it fits and it works well yeah. that you forget about the gear and you just have a good time and yeah. you want to go do it again. That's the value that you create from yeah. the business, isn't it? Is like people coming in, creating personal relationships and giving you a one-on-one experience that, hey, this stuff's going to work. And then they go out and it does work as advertised. Right. And then really the ultimate goal is to have such trust with people that all they come in and they tell us about this new trip. Yeah. What do I, what, what specific things would I need for that trip? Yeah. yeah. They're not asking, um, you know, how much or trying to, to, um, get an idea if we're telling, they know we're telling, we're shooting straight with them. Yeah. This is what I would take for this trip. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a big deal. But the the but the big back to the pandemic. The biggest thing we've seen, I think, s- since reopening is just you know the travel aspect. People want to get outside now. Right? They do want to do that, um, and it's a struggle to figure out you know how. But the the air travel is not there yet, so it's, yeah. it's definitely car travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at some point the air travel slowly returns. Yeah. But until it does, it's 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 a different, yeah, a yeah. different story. Yeah. Uh, so obviously the stores in Edmond. Um, I'll post for people listening. I'll post the links to the social media. You you know they can go to that and click see the, the social media pages and the website. Um, I guess what's one thing that people you know when people ask you about the business and what you do and, and everything, what's the one thing that you just tell them if they've never traveled before and, and they want to come in and, and have a do you guys do like educational stuff as well at the store and you know just like a, I, I don't know yeah. say a mom of three is listening or a dad that wants to go out with their sons yeah, and sure. just kind of so pre pandemic we we had classes yeah we'll get back to that um, different entry level classes we're trying to to get that onto the website at this point kind mm-hmm. of that class aspect there so that you can read it on your yeah. couch or watch it on your couch or whatever. But the goal is we want to, to lower the bar for folks to get out. What do you want to do? You want a yeah. day hike? You want to camp? You want a backpack? You want to do something, you climb or something more extreme, whatever yeah. it is. And 
And even if it's not a class, come in. We'll talk to you about it. Ask mm-hmm. us questions. Like, you don't have to buy something. Yeah. Um, we want folks to feel our passion for all of these things, whether it's I, I try to tell employees this. We, we want to have the same passion for the for the for the elderly person that wants to walk their dog in the winter and wants to be warm yeah. as we do for the guy that wants to go do Denali. Mm-hmm. Same deal. Yeah. We're happy they're just getting outside mm-hmm. and we want them to have a good experience outside. So um, until the classes are back, we're, we'll all chat. We'll yeah, chat about yeah. the outdoors all day. Mm-hmm. Ask us questions, utilize it. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. figure it out for you or help you figure it out. Exciting times. Uh, well, mate, thanks for coming down. Thanks for you sharing bet. some stories and talking about the outdoors. And, and it's really interesting to, to see your path, right, and to have, you know, the educational side of things be such a focus for you mm-hmm. guys. And then, you know, how the store happens, like you've probably never even thought about it and then someone suggests it. Right. It's, it's amazing how, like, you know, and that's why I do this podcast is people won't know that story, right? Like it's so cool to, to how you navigate and got to where you are. Um, so I really appreciate you coming down and sharing that story. That's that's awesome. Uh, so for everyone listening, they can go to the website. Uh, and we're, So what's the website and what's the location? TheNativeSummit.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and we're downtown Edmond. So the old part of, of yeah, downtown. Real downtown Edmond. Yeah. So second and second Broadway, we're three blocks yeah. north of that. Oh, awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for coming down. And for everyone listening, I'll post the links and the address in the description down below and you can go to that and go by yourself and go learn about the outdoors and go send us photos and tag us both in the trips that you've taken because uh, sure. we want to see it. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also, huge shout out to RCB Bank for jumping on board to be a sponsor. RCB Bank's loan promotion is here for a limited time. Head into any of their 40 Oklahoma locations to get as low as 1.79 APR on your next car, boat, camper, or ATV. Apply online at rcbbank.com. RCB Bank, that's my bank. Rate and finance with approved credit. Restrictions apply at member SDIC. Huge shout out to my sponsors. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.